Hello and welcome to Internet Marketing Revealed. My guest today is Martin Price. He's a marketer from the UK. He's been involved in online marketing for approximately the last two years, although he did look into it about 10 years ago, but didn't follow through with that at the time. So we're going to find out why that was in just a little bit. He's got a couple of offline businesses. He's also involved in affiliate marketing. He provides services for local companies and he's created a range of his own digital products and he's soon to be publishing a book. Where he finds the time to do all of this stuff, I'm not quite sure, but again, I'm sure we'll find out during the course of this episode. So first of all, welcome to the show, Martin. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. And it's an exciting project that you've got started. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to have you on, actually, because I know we've been connected on Facebook for a little while, but I don't think we've actually ever really spoken properly other than commenting on each other's posts and that sort of thing. So I think this is a, a great opportunity for, for me personally to find out a bit more about you and, and what it is you actually do online as well. So before we get into your your whole backstory and why you got into this uh, online marketing thing. You described yourself as a multi-potentialite. <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea what that is. So I'm hoping that, uh, that, that maybe you can enlighten us here before we, we get into everything. Yeah, no, do you know what I stumbled upon, as we always seem to do, don't we? I stumbled upon a TED Talk video by someone and um, I can't remember what the hook was, the headline, but it was fantastic. And it was um, about being a multi-potentialite. So I watched it and I was like, oh, my God, that is just incredible. And I actually put a post out on my Facebook uh, not so long back. But as with all of these things, you're in the lap of the gods, aren't you, of, of whether it takes or not. I thought it was a stunning post, amazing content with a hook and all of that and an image hardly any engagement on it but you know the ones that did were like yeah that's me but it's basically you know we've got multi multiple facets to us and our personalities and we've also got potential across some of those um, facets of our personality of our characters of our strengths of our challenges and areas for development so it's it's basically saying you know where do you want to hone your skills across those multiple areas with the potential then to potentially get get something going in a direction and uh, and make something of it from a passion so yeah that's what the multi-potentialite uh, was all about and I'd, I'd strongly recommend go and search it out if uh, if people are ted fans anyway yeah i'll have to look into that then because um when you you put that in as, as your description. I was looking at it, I was thinking, what on earth is that supposed to be? I, I, my initial thought was, is it one of these elaborate monikers that you can give yourself to make you sound a bit more exciting than you actually are? You know, when you're woken up every other week by those waste disposal consultants yeah. out in the street emptying the bins, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so thanks for, for shedding a, a little bit of light on that. And uh, I'll, I'll have to look into that because it does sound interesting. And, and it, it is right that we, we do all have these, these multiple uh, facets to ourselves and, and lots of different skills that we can, we can draw upon. So before we get into the online marketing side of things, and can you give us a bit of info about your backstory? Yeah, so I mean, I was 
I was always into things at school, you know, Gary V always talks about um, selling baseball cards and things like that. I always remember swapping football cards and things and uh, marbles and all of that kind of stuff from school. So you look back now and think, actually, wasn't I, wasn't I entrepreneurial back then? There wasn't a word entrepreneurial, I don't think, back then when I was a kid. But um, I look back now and I think, yeah, maybe I was. And um, as soon as I was able to, I was delivering newspapers because my, my you know, it's a cliche backstory, isn't it? Of, you know, poor upbringing, all of that kind of stuff. But um, we weren't penniless. My dad was out of work for 10 years and my mum was the breadwinner, but they couldn't afford anything. So I had to go out and earn the money. So as soon as I could deliver newspapers and I had two rounds in the morning, two rounds in the evening, and it was like 20 pounds a week. And we're talking a good, how old am I? 50? So 30, 40, 35 to 38 years ago, you know, when you're 12 or something. And uh, that's a big amount of money for a kid my age. I actually wanted to be, of all things, a professional footballer, as most kids do. I played semi-pro, local town level and things. Uh, I'm not saying that I probably wouldn't have ever made like Premier League or top divisions or whatever, but um, my parents persuaded me to get an education, would you believe, and said you can do sport and football at the same time. As a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, you believe what they're telling you. So that's exactly what I did. I went and got um, an apprenticeship with Tarmac doing civil engineering. They would pay me to go to college and then I'd work for them over the summer and things. And I was playing football at the same time. Um, But at the same time, you find girls, you find alcohol. And so I got in with the wrong crowd and the football, I still did okay, got paid to play. um, And it was fantastic. But... I talk about it now with my cousin because we still reminisce about that. And that's both of our biggest regrets of how stupid we were as teenagers. And um, yeah, so the football thing, I carried on playing, got to a certain level, fairly decent, but I was always looking for something else. And this is where I told you before, David, the story about how I stumbled into internet marketing at the time, 10 years ago. I went to a small town in the UK uh, called Peterborough. And there's a few people on stage, but one that stood out was Russell Brunson. And at the time, I'm like, kick funnels wasn't even a thing, actually. So uh, I thought, damn, he knows his stuff. He presented really well. For me, my thing is coaching, I guess, and um, and finding what people's challenges are. Um, I found some affiliate programs that I like, and so I can promote those, but more so I've built my own programs and services now. And uh, we also discussed the fact that um, I had my builder here a couple of years ago, and um, he, we got talking about social media marketing and things like that. And I just gave him some ideas and he's like, how much would it be, you know, for you to run my social media across a couple of platforms, build a website for me, update the website regularly, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, without the blink of an eye, I just thought, I don't actually know, but probably 10 grand, something like that. And he didn't bat an eye either. And these are the kind of clients that you want, actually. You want to be talking to people that don't see it as a cost for you to build their social media out. Whereas, and and we talked about this beforehand, didn't we? I, I I have started authoring a book. I'm only halfway through it. It's on hold at the minute, but it's called Tire Kickers and City Slickers. The tire kickers are just the freebie seekers that think they'll build a six-figure business from zero investment because everything's free online. Like you've got Google, you've got YouTube, you've got Facebook. It's all free. So why do I need to pay 10 grand out? Whereas my builder was like, if that gets him 20 grand in a year, that's 100% return. Apart from crypto, potentially, 
where else are you going to get 100% return on your investment? So he saw the benefit of it. So that, that's a few of the things that I do. My own programs, affiliate programs, coaching, either one-to-one or building out, um, you know, for local businesses. That was a very long-winded story. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you to, to pause for breath, but, uh, you know, I'll just, just let, let you go for it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. So, uh, yeah, but what you say there about your, your, your builder is really interesting because it, it takes me back probably 15 years or so ago when I was working as a, a an IT advisor. It wasn't as, ex, as exciting or as elaborate as a, a consultant, but it was an IT advisor. And we'd go and visit local companies uh, based in the South Wales area. And some of the prices they were talking about uh, actually, I think it was one of the council. It was the council, actually, one of the, the the county councils in the area, and they'd paid thousands and thousands for a website, and they were paying out something like eighty pounds a month for uh, website hosting. Uh, and you'd think, well, all right, maybe for a, a council website, that's not, you know, too too unheard of because it'd be you know a huge website or whatever but this was back then so the, we're only talking a very basic website here which you could probably put on any sort of shared hosting which would only cost a, a few pounds a month and the way they, they were talking about the money that was being spent was very casual you know couldn't care less how much it costs that's just how much it costs so uh, yeah that doesn't surprise me at all with um with the local businesses who were who are paying out a lot of money for for these services because they they just want somebody else to handle it they don't they don't want the hassle of having to to think about it themselves i mean i'm interested going back that to that 10 years when you first encountered russell brunson at that at that conference i mean how did that come about then how how did you take those initial steps into online marketing because presumably you you were busy doing uh, your own businesses uh, at that time yeah i think um do you know back in those days it was probably either on a website or a pamphlet that come through the door like you know make money online or something and um, something obviously caught my attention and i've no idea how i signed up for it but um i i went open um minded to it because I knew the internet was going to be, I mean, it was already massive, wasn't it, 10 years ago. So you just know that these things are going somewhere. And obviously, Russell's very good with his marketing. I think it was the event that probably was doing the marketing rather than Russell directly. But um, I just, I turned up with uh, an open mind thinking, I've got to do something with the internet. It's not going away. It's only growing. And, and building a business online is only going to grow. So um, unfortunately, yeah, like I say, I think um, because I just started consultancy at the time as well, that was the bread and butter and still is the bread and butter. So I just put it on pause, put it on hold, and um, it wasn't going away and it hasn't gone away. And I'm just looking back now and I think Russell Brunson is, well, ClickFunnels, I think at last count was worth about $160, $180 million. Russell yeah. himself can't be worth um, too bad uh, an amount. So uh, he's done all right for himself. Actually, I can't complain. I've done all right for myself. So, you know, it, it's uh, slightly different to Russell, but I'm not going to complain. I've got my health, I've got my kids, and I've got a really comfortable life. I'm happy. Oh, that's great to hear. Uh, do you remember the sort of things that were talked about 10 years ago? Were they talking about what was going to be the next big thing? And did any of that transpire, if, if you remember at all? 
Do you know what? I really struggle, David, with my memory, and I can't remember the day of the week most of the time, and especially with lockdown, given that we, we you know, we're working from home sometimes, and then, is it Thursday? Is it Friday? And uh, But I think it was basically um, websites and platforms where people, membership and things like that, from memory, I think it was like getting a community, getting a tribe, and that's still prevalent now. It's still really important now, isn't it? Having a community of people. Uh, it might only be 50 people, 100 people, rather than thousands of people like Russell or others have got. But um, I think it was that that concept of having a tribe and a community. And pushing the, the, the continuity payments and having people or a number of people paying you over and over again, rather than you having to seek out new customers every month. Yeah. Do you know, I, I can't remember when um, Google came out, but, um, you know, just their whole concept of everything for free and even now everything for free it's just incredible isn't it and uh, likewise excuse me i'm going to cough likewise with facebook it is basically a website for you for videos for audios for everything and uh, that concept back then 10 15 years ago was just unheard of but now actually everybody has to do free pretty much up front but then everybody's striving for that ongoing uh, either membership or ongoing recurring payment, like you say. Yeah, it's it's a tough uh, a tough way of doing things, I think, because there are two schools of thought on it. And depending on which marketer you're listening to, they're either all for the free stuff or they're totally against it and they want to, to push a, a paid product um right away can i just add to that point as well um because with my own email list now and my facebook group i'm i'm on all of the social medias but primarily facebook i've built such a re um, relationship and rapport with my audience that actually i'm making far more offers now than i ever did i used to give out like i don't know you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook, it's basically give, give, give before you then promote, like three or four times of giving. But um, I'm actually promoting a lot more. But because I'm not doing it in a salesy way, it's just like, hey, here's an opportunity. Anybody want in? If not, they know that I won't then hound them in the back end in messages or whatever to follow up. They'll just read the content. But um, it's working, you know, um, back to your point about I was giving so much free away and then I'd put an offer out there and they'd be like, whoa, hang on a minute. You don't do offers. And uh, yeah. I didn't. You're my freebie much, guy. Yeah. Much <laughs> traction. So now it's basically jab, 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 right hook. This is coming. This is coming. And then when I make the offer, it's like, look, you know what? This is fantastic. I'll do a live, jump on the live or watch the replay and I'll give you the the inner um, lift the lid on whatever it is. If it's for you, brilliant. If it's not, absolutely fine too. But I think because of the value and the content, the, the free content and stuff that I'm doing is all relevant, they're staying. There's not many people running away. So they're not running away because I'm too salesy or pitchy. Yeah. The way that I like to do it is to create some content. So it either tells some kind of story or talk about some personal experience or, or something like that and then try and segue that into a soft pitch so in every piece of content that i create i'm generally making an offer at the end of it and you know what i love about your content as well is the fact that most of the time it's food or it's drink or it's alcohol in your content so you you've got me hooked because i'm a food
2D. I, I like a bit. And then um, uh, read down. And I'm like, yep, yeah, he's made a pitch there. He's made an offer. But it's not salesy. It's not spammy. And, you know, you get great results as well. Yeah, I, I find it more entertaining doing it that way and, and personally interesting for me as well. It's it's like my creative release rather than just writing a, a blatant advert day in and day out because I think that would get quite boring both for me and for for my audience as well. So I like to try to keep things uh, entertaining. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, just going back then to when you, you started taking this a bit more seriously two years ago when you first uh, found out about uh, Aaron Chen. Is that, is that right? Yes, yeah. What was he promoting then which reeled you in? I think it was like, um, you know, interestingly enough, it was uh, a YouTube-based uh, it might have been called video domination or something around those lines where it was learn how to do video marketing with YouTube. He's got a massive um, YouTube following. I think he had about 7,000 when I started following him already. So that's not bad at all, really. And um, last count, it was over 20,000. So that's within two years. But these things go exponentially, don't they? And um, yeah. he's doing super well. But it was something to do with video um, and um, recording videos for marketing. Okay. And had you had any experience with video marketing at, th at that point, or was that something that was completely new to you? Apart from watching YouTube videos for, you know, um, animals doing stupid things or kids doing stupid things or adults doing stupid things um, or, or music, music videos, hardly at all um so it made sense you know he gave a free video course away and um his, tra his free training made so much sense and then you see i don't know about you but um all your listeners you just seem to go down rabbit holes signing up for all different kinds of subscribe lists because it's like oh my god that's the next thing and it's it's not quite shiny object but it's it's kind of relevant so i i still do do that actually and it's an interesting point because at one point, I was thinking, Jesus, my inbox is getting full of stuff that I don't actually, it's not relevant. So you unsubscribe. But here's a tip for the listeners. You can use that for your own marketing because in my inbox, I'll scroll down. I'll look at headline hooks in the emails and I'll think that's hooking me. That's a great headline. And so from that, I'll click on it. I'll click on the web page if there's a link or whatever. And then there's a, there's another um free uh what do you call it um google um extension chrome extension and it screen grabs the uh the web page and then you can download it as a pdf or a J, uh, png or jpeg and i go over the copy from these top marketers and look at the message and there's some crappy ones obviously which which you think god how are they making money from this it's rubbish or it w certainly wouldn't get me it's too salesy too spammy but um so I am still subscribing to stuff and I don't think it's a distraction. I don't think it's shiny object. I'm thinking with the marketer's head on now and I'm thinking with the sales head on of how I can model some of those pages and some of that, those headlines and the, the content behind it. Yeah, I do that as well. I've got uh, in my Gmail account, now I've got several folders set up for, uh, for, for different marketers. I mean, my personal favorite and, and the guy who was uh, quite a big influence on me from about 10 years ago was Ben Settle. So I've got a folder for his emails. That's a really good tip as well. If, if anybody 
is struggling to write their own headlines or come up with content ideas, then yeah, subscribe to the experts, you know, the, the people who, who are doing this stuff for a living. It is also interesting what you say as well, that you, you click the links in some of the emails and then you read the sales copy and you think that it's rubbish. <laughs> that, that was quite, quite interesting because I think, well, it was, it was enough to get you to click that link in the first place. So that sales copy must be effective to to a certain audience, even if it's if it's not uh, quite tailored to you. But it, it must be good enough to a certain level. And I think that that's that's exactly the point, isn't it? That um, I don't know about you, but I've I've designed funnels and I've designed the the either the Facebook post or wherever or the email, and then you can look at the stats for everything can't you now and you can look at the metrics for where people are dropping off and th so throughout the funnel i know if the headlines crappy in my emails that actually hardly any people are reading it and not even opening the email or it's going into their spam because maybe it's too spammy so that's a great tip for the headline and then the actual content i know whether people are actually reading the content because then there's a call to action that they'll do something and um, i launched a program recently and i i did a screenshot for my um my group and showed them what was happening in the build-up and and you know momentum was building on the open rates and the click rates in my emails and uh, so the content was really working and then you know the program sold out um, I wanted five sp five spots I was um, opening up for five spots it went in under five hours so the marketing obviously worked and so in some of these emails that the hooks great but then the content within the the post or the content within the email was less it, it turned me off rather than turn me on to know more so you've got to look at the metrics haven't you all the way through that funnel and each of the touch points with your customer as to whether things are getting better or or getting worse and just tweak it testing's yeah. a big thing isn't it i don't know how much testing you do david but um, yeah it's a big big part of what i do yeah so was that then each point of that funnel then were you split testing it and refining it along the way then depending on the, the statistics that, uh, that that was coming back I think yeah it's it's basically the the content of the post and the words that I used and whether it was too aggressive too passive or the call to action wasn't strong enough and um, they didn't click and it's just identifying at which part because if it's in an email sequence you can't then make the the, the second the next email similar but not the same it's got to flow from the day before so that you're taking them through look out for tomorrow's email and uh, this is what i'm going to tell you so um yeah it, it there's only so much you can do in emails but um particularly on my on my facebook posts um again you know we've talked about this earlier you can't always rely on the stats from your, your likes and comments and things like that because facebook just doesn't show it sometimes and uh, they're getting really smart with the algorithms because if there's anything that says marketing anything that says sales or whatever it just gets showed less and um, I'm, I'm really impressed with the way it works and i, I i'm gonna pay for some ads i did ads a, a, about 18 months ago for um just for a freebie launch and um they did all right i got um quite a few opt-ins and that was the the target objective of the uh, the ads but i'd love to be able to just like split test i don't know 500 pounds worth or a grand's worth of uh, of ads and just do a test to see 
if it was much better. And I know, um, I don't know about you, but um, I've never done YouTube ads, but somebody was marketing on Facebook this week saying that the ROI compared with Facebook and YouTube was, I think it was seven point something percent on YouTube and it was like 4% or something on Facebook. So it was working much better on YouTube for them. So I love all of this metrics and stats and things like that. And so, uh, yeah, wherever I can, I try and split test stuff. And I think the thing is as well, if uh, people always say, don't they, if you're not making money with organic traffic, then why do you think you're going to make money with paid traffic? And that's there's, there's some sense in that to a certain extent, but back to the algorithm, it's also blocking you as much as it can as well, because it wants you to pay for ads. It doesn't want to show stuff where you're going to be making money. So I'd love to try it. I might, um, I'll come back in a year, David, if, if I've done it and uh, well, I'm not going to blow a grand, but uh, if I've thrown a few pennies at it and see what the results are and uh, see if there is a, a better ROI, uh, well, I'd like to check uh, YouTube out as well, but yeah. Yeah. I think that that is a, a good point that you raised there about uh, if anybody is trying to play the organic marketing game or on Facebook where you're using your profile effectively to, to promote content rather than paying for the advertising. Because of what you said there where you think that Facebook are, are blocking you as much as they're promoting you in the newsfeed, I think that's probably why I'm no longer that fussy in writing posts. I remember about 10 years ago or, or maybe not as, as long ago as that, but when I was writing daily emails in my sort of infotainment Ben Settle style. It would take me hours to write an email every day. It was ridiculous. It took me way too long to do it. Whereas now I I shoot to get a, a post written in a, a similar style, not as long. I, I usually aim for about 300 words or whatever, but I try to get that done in about half an hour because mm -hmm. as, as you say, if Facebook aren't going to, to show it to everybody or if they're going to try and hold it back because there's more of a marketing message in there, then there's no point in me wasting two or three hours on a post where, when I could just spend half an hour doing it and get the same sort of results. Yeah. I was going to um, circle back to a point that you made earlier on as well, though, about um, your posts are really um, entertaining. So you've got endless content because our life is full of content, isn't it? If we just choose to make them stories and it's interesting for people, people's daily lives can be really interesting and fun. And that's what some people tend to forget is that, oh my God, I've got to create this value. All right. What does value mean? Value just to, to some people might mean that actually I've had a crap day. You know, this happened to me, this happened to me. like last weekend, I thought I'd got COVID because my mate tested positive. My kids were, I'm not with their mother, but she was taking them on Wednesday. Uh, it's Thursday today, yesterday to Dubai for a holiday. And we had to get tested on Sunday because I thought, oh my God, here we go. And I feel like crap because of this cold and the cough and all of that. I've been putting some of this in my content. So it resonates with people that, yeah, they go through these daily challenges as well of ups and downs. And they just want to know that, yeah, actually, that's funny. And then the way that you steer your posts at the bottom is not salesy or pitchy, but, you know, hey, just as an aside, if this is what you want to know more about, drop me a link, drop me, drop me a line, sorry. And um, and then we'll we'll hook up. But, um, yeah, there are ways and means of getting around it and and making your posts fun, actually. Yeah, I think that's that is lost a lot on especially on social media whereas you think people come on social media for for entertainment and escapism and people aren't giving 
given them that some of these value value posts where they're trying to teach them some boring irrelevant how to beat the algorithm yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean no nobody comes on social media to feel like they're sat sat at the front of a classroom with with teacher in front of them telling them how thick they are you know it's just it's it's just ridiculous and uh, i'm i'm so glad i i I don't do my do my content that way because i think i'd bore myself to sleep yeah yeah. (laughs) it's true but um, yeah, so I mean, we we could use that as a bit of a segue actually into into the affiliate marketing side of things now. So when was it that you started doing the organic social media marketing side of things yourself? Was that straight away after you got into this about two years ago, or or was it more recent? It was more recent. I don't think I um, clicked the fact that I could use my Facebook. And actually, I know a lot of people have got a couple, a few different accounts, which is against the terms and conditions and all of that. So I never even thought about setting up a separate account on all of the social media channels. So, um, for me, I have only recently started using my profile for marketing. And what I have done is, um, again, back to the testing and split testing, I've segmented my list of friends now because I had about 600, 700 friends before I even started marketing. And, um, you know, what they say, build it up like 30, 50 people a day. And at one point I had three and a half thousand people on and I was just adding everybody, click, 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 add, add, add. And um, the engagement was going down. Uh, they weren't the right kind of people. I wasn't, there was no thought process behind adding them on. I just thought, you know, everybody says, oh, you've got to have 5,000 friends. That's the maximum on Facebook. And, um, you know, your reach will be amazing. Well, it's not actually, because if they're not engaging with you, it's getting lower. So I've trimmed it back down now to, uh, I don't know, I want to say 1,900, something like that. And um, it's fine. I'm getting, actually, if we look back, six months seven months i had a va i was doing amazingly for the likes the comments and all of that kind of stuff three four hundred on some of my posts and um that was daily posts i've just stepped back from it all now it's it's just a grind that um the reach was there the engagement was there but it was the good morning folks have a great day and uh killing it keep crushing it yeah great thanks but are you going to buy my product? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I've moved back from all of that. And um, the magic just happens by itself now. I'm targeting the right kind of people before I add them on. I've got a software, actually, that it messages um, before I even add them on and says, look, you know what? If you're a real person, you'll reply to this rather than just saying thumbs up or hi. Um, come back with a bit about yourself or whatever. People still come back hi and thumbs up and all that and i just ignore it if they then come back and some other people do come back properly but if they then come back with something more meaningful i'll have a proper dialogue and add them on so i think the the organic marketing is probably about um i want to say a year maybe a year maybe a bit longer 18 months but um and again i don't i don't do it every time i try and do you know mostly about my life and mostly about the dog the kids home life and and all of that kind of stuff and uh, sunsets sunrises i love that kind of thing food sometimes food as well like you um but life in general and i'm trying to then tweak it like you with a softly softly message at the bottom to say and by the way if you are interested 
here's a link. Well, I don't say here's a link, but, uh, you know, put the words to the effect like, you know, where to find me or something like that to, to have that softly, softly approach. And so um, it's working well. It's working much better than it was when I had like 3,500 friends and um, just blatting the world. I'm having some really deep, meaningful relationships in in Messenger and stuff. And they're interested in what I do. And um, there's there's a couple of people that are still a bit too pitchy for my liking. But I my goal is to actually sell them something. Never buy from them, but sell them something. <laughs> they can pitch as much as they want, but I'm not going to buy from them. I won't tell them. Hopefully, they're not your friends as well. But, uh, yeah, they, um, they're very good at, um, at pitching, yeah. as in very tenacious, very, um, you know, They've got the bit behind their teeth and they, they, they do well, but um, that's not my approach and it's not yours. I've seen that it's not yours. Yeah, I, I mean, just going back a, a little bit there to where you're going on about the uh, the, the likes and the comments, I think it, it can be quite easy to be suckered into that side of, of organic marketing. I, I know that I used to get really hung up on those numbers myself and it did take a little while actually to like wean myself off it and and to look at a post and think well it, it hasn't got 150 or 200 likes now but that's okay it doesn't matter because if you look at the comments that were on there you might have had some decent comments some some longer comments from people who were, were genuinely interested in the content that you've published but then there was more than the fair share of the the good mornings the happy thursdays the the great content type of posts which don't serve anybody it's just a, a total waste of time and then why why would you want to spend your precious hours during the day just commenting the same on their posts just so they they reciprocate it's a it's a huge time suck and, and it's, there's no money in it. it it's a huge time suck and if you think of you know the this the old saying time is money it's their time posting on everybody's good morning, good morning, good morning, just so that they can then feed the algorithm to get the lights back. But then they've got two or 300 comments that they've got to reply to. For what end? Just to show that you've got great organic reach. I've, um, I was going to say a little bit uh, about um, somebody that contacted me that hasn't been active on their Facebook um, profile for about six months, a year but they've just bought from me. So there's the lurkers out there as well that you think, are they actually seeing my stuff? So, you know, I, I said I was culling my Facebook friends and, and across the platforms I have a cull. It can be dangerous sometimes because there are the lurkers there that you don't know that they're, they're watching and looking, but this person just came out of the blue and went, yeah, I'm interested. Um, and I'm like, hello, who are you? I forgot totally who you were, but yeah, it's, it's a good point. Yeah, you, you do find that though. It is the, the people who are not necessarily engaging with you on, on your content or they're not on your messenger for huge periods of time, but they're always watching. People are always watching. That that's the thing with the with the reach where you think that you're not getting the reach because people aren't engaging on you on your posts, because that's really all you've got to go on are the 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 numbers of likes and comments. But people must still be able to see that that content and the buyers are usually the ones who just appear from nowhere or, or people who you very really really engage with so yeah I, I can totally appreciate that because i have that that quite a lot as well so it is about getting the balance right if you look into clear out what what you call the dead wood 
that the people who haven't posted on their own profiles maybe for six or 12 months or who haven't engaged with yours, then yeah, it can be a dangerous game because if you get rid of them, they're still going to be on other people's news feeds. So you're just making it easier for somebody else, somebody else's message to, to be put in front of them. We're doing the organic marketing then and you're promoting at the moment high ticket affiliate products. Is that right? I think um, it's important to make sure that your funnel isn't just about high ticket because not everybody can afford $3,000, $5,000, $10,000 packages. So what I've tried to do is look across the market in the online space, look at what people need to make a success of the online marketing space. And I've got low, mid and high ticket both affiliate opportunities at low low um, ticket, mid ticket, high ticket. Like for example, um, one of the softwares I've got is an auto poster for happy birthday. So that's not as dangerous. I did have an automated post in software before that posted onto um, uh, any kind of post, but that's dangerous because if you say, you know, awesome post and they've just lost somebody, somebody's died, then actually you look like a tit, don't you? So I got yeah. rid of that software. But for happy birthday, you really can't get that wrong. So, you know, I've got an automated <laughs> software, which is low ticket. And then likewise, I've got a, a Facebook hacks program that is $97. It's probably worth $497, but, you know, it's um, how to run Facebook as efficiently as possible. Then there's the mid-ticket stuff. I've got a, a program called the Branding Advantage, which is all about branding yourself, branding business. It doesn't matter whether it's a traditional brick and mortar business or whether it's a solopreneur or whatever. And then mid-ticket around click funnels and other other affiliate offers. And then and then the um excuse me, I'm gonna cough again. And then the the high ticket variants of ClickFunnels and SAA and and others and my own um, packages like for the builder. So I think it's important to cater for everybody, but they're all congruent. The latest new buzzword, isn't it? They're all congruent because they all work together. They all stitch together nicely. So I think it's important to cater for a lot of different price points. Yeah, I think that's a, a good approach because on Facebook at the moment, we all know that high ticket is the the popular thing at the moment everybody thinks now that because they've bought this high ticket training program they've spent whatever it is two thousand dollars three thousand dollars on it that it's going to be easy to sell it that there's this endless amount of affluent customers bearing in mind we're 18 months into a pandemic where people have lost jobs They're, they've been on extended furlough it's all these other obstacles have, have come into play now compared to what things were like a couple of, well, longer than a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago now. And it's a lot more difficult than I think people anticipate. The, the way that it's pitched is that all you need to do is just give a bit of value on your on your profile, add a few people on on the messenger start up a conversation and they're going to be throwing their credit card number at you. <laughs> yeah, and true. I, I think this is, this is probably why there is such a high burnout rate because people can only continue to do that for so long and not make any sales before they think, you know what, this is just too hard. This isn't working. So I need to move on to something else. But if you've, you're going down the route that you're going down where you've got different products, which solve different product problems that, 
varying price points, then you haven't got all your eggs in one basket then. So if somebody who you're talking to, you think would be a really good fit for this $3,000 program, but they've made it very clear that they can't afford it. And they're being genuine with that. It's not just one of these stories where you think, well, an excuse. Yeah. And you think, well, if you want it bad enough, then you'll find the money. You know, like you get a lot of people saying that and that's, that's simply not true. Put it on your credit card. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's terrible advice. (laughs) But if you've got something at a lower price point, then that you've gone off for them as, as a downsell, then that might be a bit more agreeable for them. And at least then you've got the opportunity to, to work with them and, and continue in uh, continue that relationship rather than just them either ghosting you because they're fed up of you trying to sell them something they can't afford or you just binning them off. You're doing this as well, um, where you've got your own products and services that you affiliate as well for other people to. So if we truly want them to succeed, then we've got to help them sell our products. So that's another thing that I've put in place is with one of my programs, I've said, right, okay, 60% commission for you because if I I need to help you succeed so I can get the social proof then to put out so that other people will buy from me or from you. And so that's the really key thing, isn't it? It's like I I could sell them an affiliate um, opportunity, like you said, $3,000, but I can't guarantee that they're going to get that $3,000 back. Whereas if it's my own program, I've got a vested interest in that because if they don't succeed, then it's my neck on the line. And actually, they'll then get pissed off with me, excuse my French. And and you've just got to make it work really for them. And, and you're more likely to give them the support with your own programs than an affiliate opportunity. Yeah, I think uh, with that as well, you've also got something that's unique as well then that, that nobody else is is promoting if you're offering it as if you're offering it to affiliates rather than yeah they can promote it but you're the owner of that product you know you're USP. Argu- yeah you're arguably going to be the best person for them to work with mm-hmm. so i think that puts you in a in a strong position as well rather than just being somebody who's promoting the same product that hundreds of other affiliates are, are promoting especially if you go in down the social media route where there isn't a huge pool of people really who you can who you can promote to i know there are millions of users on facebook but there are only a, a certain percentage of those users who are looking for a home based business opportunity which is involved in affiliate marketing and who have the, the financial means to get involved at at that higher level so if you can do anything that can make you stand out and put you as a as, as a better option than the, the hundreds of other very similar marketers then i think that's gonna gonna stand you in, totally. in in good stead to do that yeah totally agree so just before we finish i think because we've been going for about that went 15, quick wow 50 minutes i know i know that, that went really quick <laughs> I think that's a good sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a good sign? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think we, we've covered some some good stuff here about organic marketing. But before we uh, we end today, I do want to talk about your book because you've done loads of stuff so far. You know, you've done the the offline stuff, you've done the the affiliate marketing, you've created your own products, and now you're writing uh, a book, which you you mentioned uh, a little uh, at the start of the the episode today. But yeah, can you tell us what uh, what the book's all about? 
Yeah, so I think it, it boils down to having credibility and authority as well and the perception that you are a person of authority. And so a lot of marketers have said this and, and guru influencer marketers have said, get to become an author. And then you've got that as an additional leverage to say, hey, I'm a published author. It doesn't matter whether the book's good or bad. Ideally, should be a good book so you can get decent reviews on Amazon or wherever. But, um, you know, I've got a few of um, Russell Brunson's books behind me there where they do free plus shipping. And um, this is the kind of opportunity that I wanted to get involved with to do a book because and, and likewise, like we've alluded to in the online space, there's all different kinds of shapes, sizes, colors, creeds and people from damn right ridiculously stupid if i'm allowed to say that to really intelligent people but they make stupid decisions like they've got the the means they've got the money and they just throw it at this package that package and that package and it's like oh i've spent 30 grand and uh, i'm not making any money yet well, why have you spent 30 grand the first one would have done all of the others but um so the book's called tire kickers and city slickers and it's the phases of online marketing so about a year ago, I was thinking, I need a book. I've got to write a book. What can I do the topic of? And I thought, I've, I know a little bit now about online marketing and affiliate marketing and social media marketing. So I started jotting some notes down and then it just fall, it just fell into individual chapters and phases. So phase one is um, when you, we talked about it earlier, when you start and you think, oh my God, I'm going to be a millionaire next year. Rodney will all be rich. And um, yeah, our, your international listeners won't get that to uh, only no. and horses uh, <laughs> quote reference. But anyway, um, so the initial phases are when you get involved, you get all excited about what the possibilities are. And that's, you know, that's not to say that some people don't make that 10 grand a month within a very short space of time, because some do. It's the same with anything in life. There's those people that will do it and majority won't. So it takes time for a lot of people. Let's not be under any illusions that you'll be six-figure earner within a year. Some people do, majority don't. So some people never earn six figures, full stop. So first few chapters are you get involved and you sign up for all those subscribe lists. The, the bright lights are going off here, there and everywhere. The shiny object syndrome. So you sign up and you want to get involved in this left, right, center and everything. You can do it all. And then you go through uh, phase two, chapter two, whatever, chapter three is. You've got a little bit of experience now and this is your niche. This is your market. You're focusing in on that. It's health, it's wealth, it's relationships, wherever your focus is you know what you're doing. You're getting one or two sales, but it's not consistent. Chapters four, five in the middle, you're making consistent sales then. And it goes through the stories of those. And um, and then when you're at those subsequent stages where you get the tire kickers, then there are the newbies that are just basically looking for all of those subscribed lists like we all did when we started off that just want the free information. They want a six-figure business, but you know, not willing to invest in paid material. Um, I can't remember who said it, but um, they said, when you pay, you pay attention. And I like that. I really like that because yeah. like like we were saying earlier on as well about my battery's going to die. Um, we were saying about um, people that just um, love the free stuff, but don't actually do anything with it. So um, yeah, so th then it gets towards the end of the book and I'm not there. So I don't know how, quite how I'm going to write this book, but these are the city slickers like, I don't know, 
maybe your Jacob Karras's is maybe chapter. I'm trying to think of it in 10 chapters. The chapter 10s are your Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi's and Brendan Burchard's, those big name marketers, Russell Brunson's. So chapter seven, eight, nine, something like that are your Jacob Karras's and um, um, I can't remember the guy from Legendary Marketer and all these kind of Dave names. Sharp. Yeah, they've done six or seven, multiple six or seven figures from their businesses. So um, they're the phases. And if I can get an interview with some of those seven figure marketers, then I'll, I'll probably get them in to give a little bit of a, an insight into those um, chapters. But I'm halfway through. It's gone on hold because I've had a really busy summer and um, there's been lots going on with properties and things and the daytime consultancy. So it's just been put on hold. You can't do everything. And like you were saying, we just burn out if we try and do everything too quickly. So um, it's coming. It will be possibly finished by the end of the year written, but then I need read it and um and just make sure it is actually worthy and people are interested in buying it but um, when i've mentioned it on people's posts they're like yeah put me down for a copy for that and again it might be that it's a free plus shipping i'll give the book away for free for the first 50 or 100 just to get the testimonials all they pay for is like the shipping or whatever but um fingers crossed it'll be coming soon yeah, that sounds really good, actually. Really interesting to to break that down over 10 sections as well. So uh, I'll look forward to getting a copy of that myself and uh, I'll have a read of that. Um, so that's going to be, I, I suppose, your your thing that you're going to be working on for the immediate future between now and the end of the year to get that done. What would your plans be then for the next 12 months and uh, after that? So I think the rest of this year also is I've started a program where um, I'm doing a a monthly relaunch and um, that's going to be the focus for the next um, three months for the end of the year with the book writing in between. So it's my own program, maybe some affiliate marketing on the side as well. But um, I've got a lot of ideas buzzing around in my head, as we all have, but it's it's making them happen. And um, it's not the money necessarily. It's having the time and the energy to do it all and maintain the the audience that you've got so rest of this year will be a bit of the book as well as the um the relaunches and then 12 next 12 months probably excuse me a second i um i didn't mention but um i've got an interview series that i started two years ago called back to your future Brilliant. to play play on words with the film back to the future where i've taken 20 entrepreneurs and I've said to them, right, tell me where you are, a bit like this interview. How do you get here? And what's the next five years? And they're like, five years, Jesus. So <laughs> then I interview them again each year for five years. And I've just done a half of year two. And I've lost three people already. Three wow. people from the 20 either ignored me or said, it might even be four people. Three people have said, not interested or um, don't want to do it anymore or just ignored me so yeah it's um there'll be a focus on um getting that out there as well because um i want to continue that for the five years even if i don't continue the online marketing i just want to see that through because that's something you could see on telly really if the interviews are any good yeah it's like a net netflix yeah it reminds me of that um that series they they do on tv here in the uk where they followed whether it was a set of twins or triplets or something, and they've been following them for about 40 years, you know, chronicling their, their life. And yeah, that, that sort of thing is fa absolutely fascinating. So uh, yeah, I hope that you'll be able to see that through because that, that would um, 
produce some very interesting results. So yeah, please carry on with that. Yeah, definitely. And um, there's there's been some interesting characters on there. So um, we've got The Apprentice in the UK, haven't we? And uh, I interviewed Mark Wright, who was winner of the 2016 Apprentice, I think. And um, he was the first apprentice to take Alan Sugar's 250 grand to a million within a year. And he does um, social media marketing. So oh, wow. I went down to okay. his offices in um, London and we were chatting and um, interviewed him in his office. And then I've just done year two with Mark um, uh, virtually because of lockdown and that. But interestingly, he said this year has been absolutely phenomenal for business. Last year was tough. He had offices in uh, Bristol and um, Manchester. He's closed those down now because he's just gone to a centralized uh, hub in London. But he said business is booming. Uh, people are, are beginning again to pay for marketing and advertising and uh, more power to him. So that's the um, Back to the Future series. But I also just want to focus on building out my own programs and coaching um, programs as well. And um, I, I need to, I think, you know, it's about knowing our worth, isn't it, as well? And so some of these low ticket offers that are like 50 quid, 100 quid or whatever, I want to move away from those a little bit, but you know, back to the point we said earlier about not everybody's got two, three, four, five grand, but they might have a hundred pounds a month or a hundred dollars a month. So a recurring revenue stream or a membership for me is something that I want to explore. It's just what can you do for that hundred hundred dollars a month? Yeah, that's definitely something worth uh, worth considering uh, as well. That sounds like a good idea, especially if you've got a lot of the content already created. Then it would just be looking at how best to to work that into a a recurring membership site. So I'm I'm sure uh, a man of your caliber will will come up with something <laughs> between now and the uh, the end of next year, definitely to to get that into into practice. Okay, so just before we wrap this up, then if people want to get in touch with you, they want to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to do that? I'm not giving them my home address, if that's what you mean. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, so the best place is my Facebook uh, profile, Martin Price. I don't know if you can find me with Martin Price easily. Um, I, I'm sure I'm out there, but um, uh, I've got a, what, uh, a Facebook group too, uh, which is called What Online Global. But um, I am on the other social media channels. And now, depending on what business you're in, I think they work better for certain businesses. Like, for example, uh, the guy that designed Hera Closing, H-E-R-A, comes from Cheltenham, apparently. And um, he's massive on Instagram because it's designer stuff. It's, it's visual. But, um, yeah, this is why I've got this T-shirt on, what? Because... I've got a couple of companies that are called What Online or What Online Global. So hence the um, the what. And um, so Facebook is my primary platform, even though I'm on the others. And um, yeah, you'll find me by, with uh, Martin Price. But my website is called What Online Global, if you want to have a look at that too. Yeah, no problem. So I'll, I'll link those in the show notes as well. So people won't have to spend half a day searching through the <laughs> half a million Martin prices who are yeah. probably probably in the search results there. Yeah. Okay, that's that's been absolutely fascinating, Martin. Thank you so much for for coming on the episode. Uh, I've really enjoyed the chat here about uh, all things organic marketing. And uh, it sounds like you've got a lot going on between now the end of the year and going into next year as well so i wish you all the best uh, with all of that and uh, please do let me know when your book is uh, is released because i'd like to have a, a read of that myself wonderful thank you so much for having me on my pleasure speak to you soon Go!
Please visit internetmarketingreveal.com and davidwalker.net for more free content. If you need a domain name for your business, visit domainsreveal.com where you'll find more than 1,000 premium domains. And finally, please rate and review this podcast. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.